This is the St. Longinus's Baptism Podcast Channel. This will be episode 67, the topic of which is going to be how to react to the situation of the church. But first, a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. So I need to clarify my terms before we even start on the topic at hand. When I say the church... I'm talking about the one true church founded by Jesus here on earth, the pre-Vatican II Catholic Church. So, um, if, if, you're, if you're anything other but a true Catholic slash set of I mean, if you want to tune in and listen, be my guest. Um, I suspect, though, you won't find this very interesting, honestly. So, I've been noticing, I mean, ever, ever since I was aware of set of accountism, I've been noticing a, a theme that goes through especially the neo-Catholics and the neo-traditionalists who are thinking about sedipotentism that their main objection is well, you don't have a magisterium. You don't have a magisterium. And you don't have, you know, the outward, the outward signs. You were basically an underground church. Now, to that particular objection, I would ask the person, well, if you, if you haven't bothered to research Mr. Ratzinger, Mr. Watia, Mr. Montini, and Mr. Roncalli's blatant heresies. But God has given you a gift in Francis in the sense that the guy doesn't hide anything. He's very upfront about what he thinks and what he's going to do. So... If, if you're being honest with yourself, do you guys really... You might have the buildings. You might have the buildings. But given the behavior of some of your priests and your bishops and the current occupant... Uh, I should say the current pretender to the papal throne, do you really have a magisterium? And I'm not, I'm not saying this to be uh, uh, sarcastically. 
It's a legitimate question. I'm asking this question legitimately. I'm not trying to be an a-hole or nothing. I'm asking it legitimately. Now, for a lot of set of a contests, um, and I, I kind of covered this in a previous episode when I told any set of a contest within my listening voice of my podcast who may bump into it to prepare to be, I mean, going from a semi-underground church to an actual uh, catacombs Catholic church uh, during the pagan Roman era to be completely underground. And I gave some suggestions. Now, I guess this would be aimed more at the Vatican II sect members and the neo-traditionalist LARPers who are thinking about making the jump over to set of a contism. Now, I think I said in one of my previous episodes that everything, and I mean everything, except maybe the introduction. Um, I'm going to talk about the introductory episodes and maybe the first episode, but everything else is interlinked. Um, So I advised if you're Protestant, listen to the set of the contest and and the um, neo-Catholic episodes. And I said, if you were set of a contest or neo-Catholic, listen to the Protestant episodes. Because they are interrelated. And I have taken the Vatican II sect people to task. And I will admit, not nearly as hard as I've taken the set of the contest to task. But that's only because if we have the truth, I feel like we got to set the higher example. You know, I would not, I would not want the Vatican II sect me to be held to the same standard of behavior as the, um, of, of, of the person that I am at present moment. Now, when I'm saying that, I'm not giving myself a pass and saying I shouldn't have tried to research harder or do things differently. What I'm saying is, um, and this is not me making an excuse, it's just a fact, that I was ignorant and slothful. And, you know, um, I... What I, what I would ask is, is anybody that would hold me to a high standard show me charity? Because I try to hold it for the Vatican II sect members. But a lot of the things that I talk about with the set of the contest, the Vatican II sect members are uh, guilty of. 
Which is, well, with the added... With the added handicaps of spiritual blindness and historical and theological blindness. Now, when I say this, I'm not talking about all Vatican II sect members, obviously. I'm not talking about all of them. But a lot of them are. Because if they knew their theology, if they knew spirituality uh, Catholic, true Catholic spirituality, not this huggy-feely crap that they teach in the Vatican II sect and if they knew their church history they would know that there have been at least three periods possibly more than that where the Catholic Church has been without a visible Pope or higher uh, magisterium they would know this and a lot of people, I, I, I fear even some set of a contest, have never heard of the Our Lady's apparitions at Our Lady of Good Success in Quinto, Ecuador, and Our Lady of La Salette in France. I think the Lady of La Salette is a little more known. But our, our Lady of Good Success is criminally, and I mean absolutely criminally unknown. Because this apparition came to a Spanish, she started out as a, as a nun and eventually became the abbess of her, uh, her nunnery. Um, but Our Lady came to her in like the, I want to say at the height of the Reformation, if I'm not, or, or, or year, I think it was 1516, Luther's Revolt started in 1517. And she showed this nun, the Vatican II. She literally showed this nun the results of Vatican II. Um, in addition, the Catholic mystic, Blessed Anne Emmerich, prophesied Vatican II. There have been prophecies since the Protestant revolt about Vatican II coming. So that's the historical, and it's kind of mixed in with the spiritual ignorance. Um, where the deeper spiritual ignorance is, and this is where both the Vatican II set and set of Acontas seem not to get, is the concept of divine providence, meaning nothing happens on this earth without God allowing it to happen. So God allowed the Masons to infiltrate in the 1700s, his blessed mother tried to warn and got ignored. And her, as far as I'm aware, her last major attempt was Fatima. There's uh, talk of a Marian apparition in Belgium in 1932. 
I'm not really sure about that one, so I'm going to leave that to the side because I don't like to talk about things I'm unsure of. But God allowed the Masonic infiltration into the Catholic Church in the 1700s, possibly even before then. Because Bishop Sanborn in the Root of the Rot series talks about in the 1700s how the magic, uh, I think he said the College of Cardinals was basically divided between what he called the, um, he, it was, a, it was an Italian name, and I can't remember the two Italian names, but basically one side was saying, no, we don't make compromises with the world. And the other side was saying, hey, we need to get with the times. Now, given the fact that this was 200 years after, or less than 200 years after the Council of Trent, how, how these prelates kept their, kept their position as prelates is beyond me. You know, um, your average Vatican II prelate, and I'm talking present era, prelate or priest who thinks doing business with the world is just the nature of things, they could be excused for that. We're talking about prelates who were a generation or two removed from the Council of Trent, which stated implicitly that there is to be no compromise with the world. Now, I just answered my own question because, once again, God's providence or divine will, call it what you will, allowed these prelates inside of the Catholic Church and that they didn't get kicked out on their ear immediately. And... The culmination, you know, um, the, the Vatican losing its, its states, you know, the Catholic Church losing its temporal power, the, and eventually being taken over by a bunch of LARPing imposters in 1960 was all God's providence. And without that understanding, this is going to seem like a bunch of random events. Now, I'm going to quote Father Jean-Pierre de Cassade from his book, Complete Surrender to Divine Providence. Um, it is not up to us people to figure out what, um, why God allows certain things to happen. It is his, this is his world. Uh, actually, everything is his creation, including us, and he does what he will. And it's not up to us to, to figure out the whys, the hows, the whats. It is up to us to do his will as best as we understand it. 
So a lot of a lot of the neo Catholics, Vatican II sect members, they're getting hung up on and like I said, it's a mix of spiritual, historical, and theological ignorance. They're getting hung up on just like their set of Acontis cousins, getting hung up on the externals. Now, I could be wrong, so I'm going to place a disclaimer on the, the following statement. That statement is going to be that I'm not 100% sure if a prophecy like this was uttered after the Protestant revolt, but I dimly remember, and this is why I'm putting the disclaimer, I could be very wrong. My understanding is, is that Jesus Christ or the Blessed Mother warned all. Oh, somebody um, that what was coming was punishment for the laxity and the worldliness not just of the layman Catholics of that era you know of the past 500 well I won't go so far as to say 500 years but we'll say um, let me see 300 years from 1500 to the 1800s but that it was also punishment for the lack of rigor and um, what's the word uh, zealousness and true love of the actual Catholic prelates and priests. Now, as I said, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm in. I'm a hundred percent sure that I'm infallibly certain. I seem to remember hearing something along those lines at one point, because I've consumed a lot of set of contest con content since 2018 but even and I'm pretty sure that I've, I've got the, the, the basic facts correct but let's just say for the sake of argument that I'm incorrect um, God is obviously punishing the Catholic Church and has been uh, punishing it since the 1500s. As I said in my... You know, I don't... I talk a lot about divine, uh, divine will and divine providence, but I'm... Well, I, I hammered this concept enough that... You know, um, and I give the resources and the spiritual writers, you know... Um, most of the Catholic spiritual writers talk about this concept, but um, I am firmly convinced that the Reformation happened. 
As a matter of fact, now, if any of the people who listen to Bishop Sanborn uh, happen to catch this episode, and I'm wrong about this, feel free to leave a message on my telegram. I will uh, retract if I'm wrong. But I do believe that in the Root of the Rot series, the part where he was covering the Reformation, he actually said the Reformation was God's punishment for the worldliness and the um, lukewarmness and this uh, the uh, sensual sensualness of not just the laymen and the priests and the prelates, but some of the popes as well. Now, um, so the, the topic is how do we react? And I'm going to aim this particular answer at the Neo-Catholic Vatican II sect members and set of accountists who I consider to be true Catholics, prepare yourself spiritually. One of my friends who said of accountists, he says, every time we talk, I, we always circle back to the same thing. And I understand to him how I can sound like a broken record. Because to most people, I would sound like a broken record. I'm always talking about variations of two things. But it's true. Prepare yourself spiritually. It is my theory that a lot of people... Even people who are honestly and sincerely trying to practice their faith, but who are not prepared spiritually, unless they get Mother Mary's or Lord Jesus' grace to get through what's coming up, they may be lost. I'm not saying for a certainty, I'm just saying they may be. Now, obviously, if they get the graces from Mother Mary or Lord Jesus, they won't be. But to those of you who are not spiritually preparing as I speak at this present moment or have no intention of starting after hearing this episode, um, you're, you're, you're putting your, your, your uh, soul in a great deal of danger. Now, I believe in one of my recent episodes, I talked about if you do not have spiritual understanding and wisdom, everything that's going on right now is going to seem like random events. Now, some people, and I'm talking about true Catholics, understand about the, uh, the satanic mason menace. It's real, and it does exist. 
I basically call them sock puppets for Satan. But without without the proper spiritual understanding and wisdom, you are going to be distracted by the little things that they put out there, put there expressly, and I mean absolutely expressly for distracting you. So, um, you know, don't, this, this is why one of my, one of the things I, I beat a dead horse on is getting your mind out of the world because that's just a distraction. And I think I also mentioned in one of my previous podcasts, recent ones that is, is that what's upcoming is not just going to be a physical war, but a spiritual battle. They're both going to happen. I mean, actually, any type of physical complaint conflict will have a spiritual component to, to it. But this is just my hunch. You take it for what it's worth. I suspect that if the Great Tribulation, when it, when it comes and happens, and it doesn't matter if it's two years from now or a hundred years from now, you should be preparing spiritually regardless. Because you have to face God Himself and give an account of yourself. It would not be a good idea to go there um, unprepared. You know, like kind of going into class when you know there's a big test coming up and you didn't study. Um, but I believe that the great tribulation is going to be, there's, there's going to be a larger spiritual component as well as a, uh, a physical component. Like I said, you take it for what it's worth. I'm just... I'm just giving some advice. And it's like anything else, you know. You're free to take and run with it and do what you will. Or you're free to reject it. And write me off as some sort of Looney Tunes. You know. Now. I'm. I don't want to see. A lot of people. Well. If you believe the saints. A lot of people are going to go to hell through their own fault anyway. But they're. You know. Obviously. I'm going to quote Bishop Sanborn. The church keeps a list of the saints. Not the damned. So. But what I'm saying is, is yeah, we shouldn't be worried, I mean, overly about going to hell if we're doing the best that we can. 
But we have to be brutally honest with ourselves that we know we're doing the best we can and to recognize our faults and to ask help with those faults. So, um, I, I, I would call it spiritual prepping. Now, to those of you right-wingers, you're well aware of the YouTube phenomenon, probably an internet phenomenon that's been going on since at least 2017, about the preppers. They're, they're canning their food, they're digging their underground bunkers, they're stocking up on weapons and ammo and medicine, and they're preparing for the, for the worldly part. What I'm what I'm suggesting is, is we need to prepare for the spiritual part. So, I think I've covered this. I think I've covered this as best as I can. Ah, I hope and I pray that you got something out of this. And if you gave me 30 minutes of your time, I do appreciate it. Take it for what it's worth. I do appreciate it. Um, even if you don't agree with me. E even if you think I'm crazy. If you, gave, if you listened, I appreciate that much. Um, take this for what it's worth. I care about all of you as best as a flawed, flawed, failed human being can. And I would like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. And I am praying for all of you. Having said that, thank you for listening. Have a good day. God bless you. Bye-bye.